Hello, and welcome to the Cultivated by Karen show. I'm your host, Karen Antonini. This show is a blend of culture, cuisine, and comfort. So if you're interested in exploring culinary and cultural experiences, learning about people whose love for food and drink have inspired enterprises, and discovering a few new recipes, you've come to the right place. Welcome, friends. Today, I am really excited to introduce my guest, Ted Donnelly, executive chef at Delaware North, hospitality partner for UBS Arena. Ted is an experienced executive chef and has worked in multiple outlets in the food and beverage industry, including hotel, stadium, country club, and university, from catering to menu engineering to hospitality. Ted is passionate about both the culinary and overall guest experience. Welcome to the show, Ted. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Great. Thanks for having me. We met a few weeks ago in person at the UBS Arena, which was so special. And I was so impressed by all the food offerings and the special touches that you that you created there. Must be such an amazing experience. Yeah, it's uh it's been a a short two years and a long two years all at the same time. Um coming from imagine. coming from out of COVID to opening a a brand new arena uh, in the midst of it and um, sort of figuring out our way uh, throughout those two years. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. It seems like this is, it's definitely in your blood or the passion for food. I was, I had a little peek at your Instagram and I think I saw that you, you said that you had a pasta crank that you received as a birthday gift when you were like, what, 11, 12, year, 12 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's been interesting i grew up with uh, a love of cooking especially baking that was sort of my first love and that's sort of what i leaned back on to relax a lot of people in the chef industry hate baking but that's what sort of was my into the uh, industry was uh baking with my mother growing up uh my grandmother uh learning family recipes and i enjoy the process and the science behind it so yeah when i was about 11 or 12 years old as a birthday or christmas gift i got a pasta crank um and things just kept going on from there of different things like when i got into my late teens or 20s i would get a roboku or something like that for for christmas just because that's the kind of thing i was interested in leaned into that's so incredible i feel like the pasta crank is definitely i mean that's what i use too at home and it's um i feel like it's really the best way (laughs) most (laughs) traditional but i loved seeing that that you're still using it so so that's so great. So, okay. So you have been at UBS. We'll, we'll jump back to that. You've been there since the beginning. It's such a great, it's such a beautiful arena. Tell me about that. Tell me about starting up and, and I mean, I guess everyone was in hard hats for a while. Yep. And then <laughs> as you were developing the restaurants, walk us so, through that. So it was an interesting few months uh, back in 2021. Um, so at the time in the Late winter, early spring of 2021, I was still uh, down in North Carolina at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, um, as the chef there. Uh, My wife and I had been talking for a few years or about a year about moving back up, uh, what the right opportunity was since our kids were getting old enough to all be in school now. Um, So just on a whim, I saw a posting of uh, with Delaware North executive chef, uh, I think it was called Belmont Arena or islanders new arena so i reached back out to uh my old co-workers and old bosses that i worked with at metlife stadium and said hey what's going on with this 
it's like, oh, we didn't think you'd be interested. You're down in North Carolina. You've got your chickens now. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> think you'd be interested. So cut to basically a month and a half later going through the interview process. Um, I got hired on um, June of 2021. Uh, I came up and finished out the playoff series at Nassau Coliseum uh, with the Islanders that that playoff run. Game six, the last uh, playoff game at Nassau Coliseum. And then it was a very busy summer leading up into the opening of the arena. Um, we were staged out of the Coliseum for a month and a half. And then our offices were at Belmont Park at the racetrack for about two or three more months uh, while we were still under construction and uh, trying to hire a menu plan of spaces that don't exist yet. That was quite the interesting feat. Um, hiring people on, uh, checking up on the progress of the, the construction. And like you said, we were on hard hats until the morning of the first event uh, here at the arena. So wow. it was a it was a very interesting time. I won't even get into the supply chain issues that we ran into um, during COVID of half of our small wares and our stuff for the clubs didn't didn't arrive until probably two or three months after the opening of the arena just because of how back things were. So it was a, a hectic, interesting few months, but uh, we're here now and we're doing well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It looks like everything is just cruising along. So, so when you're designing something like that, I mean, first of all, I can't even imagine the spaces hadn't been fully built to, to visualize what it would look like and what you're serving uh, now, like how long does it take you to say for this season to kind of design your signature dishes or to create the menus? I'm sure you change it up or keep, keep some of the the staples. So tell me about that. How does that work yeah. for you? So there's pretty much a, always a moving goalpost. Um, so we don't want the members uh, or even the uh, general admission guests and concessions to see the same things over and over because if for the season ticket members, they're coming for 41 games plus playoffs a year, so they're going to get menu fatigue. So we're trying to constantly year year over year build on what we've been doing, offering these fun new things. And then for our premium guests in the clubs, uh, it's just constantly looking at what we can change just to give those monotony breaks of if it's a new action station in a club, if it's a uh, something they haven't seen an uh, action item, just something new that they haven't seen. And and I push on my chefs and myself talking to our guests and figuring out, okay, what do you guys want to see? Because that's really, after so many events, you do get creativity fatigue as well. So finding out what the members and what the guests really are looking into and give them that. So, so they feel heard and you're giving them exactly what you want while still giving them what you want as well. Right. So, so you create new things. Like I was looking at, I can't remember if it was on the UBS arena or the Instagram account, like the Slapshot shareable nachos. I mean, it sounds like it's also pretty creative as well. And it looked like the basket that that came in looked like a, a large puck, which is really kind of fun and cool. And so do you, you create things like that for the season? Yeah. And it's a, a team effort. So between our, uh, concessions directors, our director of operations, everybody bringing ideas of what we can do. Uh, does it make sense uh, monetarily of, so a souvenir puck, how much is that going to cost us to get in? Can we charge out enough to get that return? Um, how do we offer the same thing without that, just for those guests that don't want to add in the extra few dollars for a souvenir item? 
but making things fun, but also attainable for all the guests and not just Instagrammable, but things that people would actually want to eat and would continuously eat rather than just take a picture of and never get again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to deliver on both because it seems like these days, especially, it's not just a hockey game or in, in your case at the arena. I mean, you've got concerts and other events going on. It's a whole experience. So yeah. it, it includes the food and it's a it's a night out or a day, an afternoon out. So what in terms of the so for the New York Islanders, it's the home of the New York Islanders. What are some of the fan favorites that you found this year so far? Uh, this year so far out of new items or just in general? In general, I think the the shareable nacho has gone over really well. We have the cross-check Italian hero uh, that people can serve a family of four with. Uh, but still, at the same time, it's big, it's shareable, but it's still an Italian sub when you look at it. It's giving them the big, the wow, but st- still something that somebody's going to want to get and eat. Uh, we finally added in wings this year uh, to our menu, bone and wings. Um we haven't in the past because of their cost prohibitive a little bit. And to get them right, they take a long time in the fryer. And just the way that hockey is and how our eating breaks happen throughout the game, it's very tough to keep up with demand um, for those breaks to make sure that we have enough food while still giving really good quality. And so what are some of the regional foods that you create for your fans? I know that you, I'm sure you work with local vendors to a a large extent, but what are some of the regional foods with the the landscape of New York? Yeah, I mean, it's very diverse. So things like, and it's authenticity. Um, So when we do our nacho, it's just not yellow cheese sauce on our nacho. We've got chicken tinga, we have homemade salsa verde that we put on it, cotija cheese, um, just truly authentic ingredients that go into it rather than your run-the-mill nacho cheese. Um, that are Italian porchetta uh, sandwich that we do. Um, we just had an Italian beef sandwich. Just there's a lot of different ethnicities and different flavors in the area. So we're trying to bring in all of those or offer all of those. We have Shah's Halal here um, at the arena to give that sort of Middle Eastern flavor. And also adds a vegetarian component too, which is great uh, with us offering falafel. So really trying to pull into those different ethnicities and those different flavors of we're a very diverse area of the country. So trying to hit all the marks, but doing it appropriately as well. Sure, absolutely. And then you've got some amazing, fun things. Like I saw some, uh, the campfire s'mores milkshake and what was the other one? The rainbow cookie milkshake. Those are so much fun, and I'm sure those are cl- crowd pleasers as well. Yeah, so we uh, we just added in Burgerology um, to our partnerships last year. They've been fantastic, uh, really good burgers, and they have – those are only two of their shakes that um, they do at their brick-and-mortar locations. Uh, they have probably, I think, 15 to 20, uh, but those are the ones that they felt and we felt would really hit home at the arena of things that anybody at any age would really enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think my kids and I (laughs) were excited about that. So how big is your team? How many people are are working with you like during a given event? Um, Concessions included, it's in the hundreds. Um, So it's pretty amazing. I have a very talented group of six six chefs that work under me. Um, And then they have their own crews, whether it's our big main kitchen, whether it's the UBS club kitchen, our sweets kitchen, 
Belmont Hall, which is our restaurant attached to the front of the arena, which is open to the public. You don't need a ticket to get in, uh, which is fantastic. So people that want to come to the game that want to have the game experience, but they don't have a ticket of the game, they can go to Belmont Hall, get a beer, get some delicious food and watch the game and still have the atmosphere. That's a great idea. I did get a tour, I guess, a year ago of the arena and and didn't realize that that was one option. That's great. That's yeah. so fantastic. So what it, what is, <laughs> during a game, I'm sure you're on your feet most of the night, but what does that look like for you? It's, it's a lot of checking up on things. It's um, making sure, especially in our premium locations and, and concessions, uh, first of all, that the food's there. The food's getting cooked properly, um, not too early, not too late. So having that fun runaround of, okay, when doors are happening, 15 minutes before doors, we should be all set in all locations. That way we can make sure the food looks good. It's garnished, it's hot, or it's cold, depending on what it needs to be. And then basically for the entire night, I'm just doing laps around the arena, just checking back at different locations. And unfortunately, sometimes putting out fires when I need to, uh, if a location runs out of something, where can we pull from? If we're short-staffed in a certain location, where we can pull from other locations. But it's a it's a big team effort. I mean, my phone's constantly in my hand, going back and forth with uh, our F&B director or our director of operations or concessions, just going back and forth, finding out where the pinch points are that we need to address. That's incredible. I, I take my hat off to you. That's, I mean, I, I I can't even imagine just, I mean, one kitchen and a dinner party, but at that level. So what are some of your past experiences? Because I know you've had, you've had many that have prepared you for this, this big undertaking, really. Yeah, I think it first started at MetLife, um, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey with the Giants and Jets. Um, I was a sous chef there. So I ran um, Commissioner's Club, the Legacy Room, which is the Giants Club, as well as the Jets Green Room, which is their club. So as well as doing some food for ownership, which was on the opposite side of the stadium as well. So just relying on people, delegating out, um, sort of having a vision as well. Um, Given our landscape over the last 15, 20 years, um, arena food and stadium food has changed for much the better. It's truly an experience now. So uh, display setups and how foods, it's not just what the food is, but how it's going to pre- be presented, um, what it looks like, uh, what the guest overall guest experience is and what goes into that. So bouncing back and forth from the different clubs and making sure that things are out on time, we have enough food, people know what they're doing. It's just it, it's uh, it's hectic, it's chaotic, but at the same time, it's fantastic. I'm sure it, there's a certain bit of a rush during the whole event, and then afterwards, you, <laughs> you can relax. But I know that you said it's a team effort and in creating all these dishes. But where do you find your inspiration? I, I think it's a lot of whether it's social media or websites or things like that of tapping into and guests as well, finding out okay what's what's missing what's new or and what we can do in our locations especially for concessions here at the arena basically reverse engineering um what we can do okay if a stand is underperforming or we want to increase sales and do something new first look at 
what we what equipment we have in the stand and what we can do with that equipment and then figuring out from there because you can have a million ideas but if they don't work with the equipment or what's there it's just not going to work at all mm-hmm. so basically going in and getting ideas from the different chefs uh different managers because i have sort of an overarching but at the same time i can't have all the creativity which is great i try and lean into other people to get those ideas and it's my job to help them sort of craft those ideas into workable right to rein them in and like you said to make it work yeah is is this sort of the biggest the biggest uh or the most responsibility i guess it sounds like or maybe at at metlife but is this is this kind of the biggest endeavor you've done oh yeah absolutely okay. wow yeah. <laughs> and you and it's not just like the new york islander games it's year round correct Correct. So we do everything from your Disney on ice to your concerts um, to all the Islanders games here at the arena. So it's it simmers down, simmers down a little bit in the summer, uh, but really from September through May, we're we're busy. Yeah, I looked at said like, uh, um, I mean, you would know better 150 events. I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> Yeah. So this December alone, we have nine home games plus um, two, I'm sorry, college basketball. Uh, We have Billy Joel New Year's Eve. So and things constantly pop up throughout the year of bands that are coming in or different acts that are coming in. Um, So it's exciting. That is so exciting, especially Billy Joel on New Year's Eve. So (laughs) what kind of special things? So I'm sure you prepare special things as well for for something like that. Yeah. So we try and um, add some extra lore to some of the premium spaces or even in our suites, um, especially with New Year's Eve, it being high end, uh, pulling in different experiences that people can do in our packages that we're going to offer for suites. Um, we're offering a package that has a 96 ounce or 96 ounces of ribeye, uh, bone and ribeye long bone that's brought to your suite, carved inside, left for the guests. Uh, we're adding in a fantastic company called Oysters XO. I'm not sure if you're aware or heard of them. Roaming yeah. oyster, roaming oyster shuffers. Wow. Um, when you get a chance, look into it. So for suites, they're going to be roaming around the hallways. You can either get it as a package and they go into your suite for a half hour and shuck oysters in front of you. Or if they're roaming the hallways, you can just stop and get three oysters and pay for it a la carte as well. That's so much fun. What a great idea. Oh, that sounds great. So when you're not there at the arena and you're home, do you still enjoy cooking? You said baking is relaxing. Do yeah. you still do that? Yeah, I, I cook almost every night for my kids when I'm home, that is. Um, uh, <laughs> I, en- I enjoy the process. Baking is more of a relaxation thing for me, which is is really fun and really nice. Um, but it's nice that my kids have gotten really into cooking, especially two out of the three of them. Uh, they always need to be up on the counter. My youngest son, he's five years old. He basically knows how to make scrambled eggs at this point by himself, minus turning on the stove. So he... <laughs> cracks the eggs he mixes them he puts the butter in the pan he knows to take when to take it off so it's really fun uh seeing that process and from from my wife she was a vegetarian a pure vegetarian for 22 23 years just a few years ago she started eating fish again but sort of that allowed me to 
go more into that version as well. I didn't always want to cook two things, so I ended up cooking vegetarian most of the time when it was just she and I and the kids weren't around yet. So knowing more of vegetarian dishes, what works, what doesn't, which I wouldn't say meat substitutes, but uh, what what vegetarian proteins are out there that really work for different dishes. Right. And and how great that you've gotten your kids. Are they, they've taken a liking to it. I mean, you can't always... It doesn't always work that way. So I love hearing that they're so interested in cooking and they're such great skills and yeah, just to be together. I think yeah. that, you know, bringing everyone together. So on that note, we are going to take a quick break, but please don't go anywhere. When we come back, Chef Ted will share a special recipe with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered how confectionaries are made, how spirits are distilled, or how scallops are harvested? Well, I'm Karen Antonini, the host of the Cultivated by Karen show. Each week, we'll take you around the world from the shores of Nantucket to the hills of Donegal to the Douro Valley. Our guests share their inspiring journeys, recipes, tips, insights, and more. Find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to subscribe and like. Follow us at Cultivated by Karen show on Instagram. Welcome back. I'm your host, Karen Antonini, and you're listening to the Cultivated by Karen show. For more information on this episode and others, please visit cultivatedbykaren.com and Cultivated by Karen show on Instagram. I've been speaking with my guest, Chef Ted Donnelly, about hospitality at Delaware North at UBS Arena, signature dishes at the arena, and so much more. So, Chef Ted, I'm excited to hear your special recipe today. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you take it away. Yeah, so growing up, uh, always ate pancakes. Uh, we had a family recipe. This is not the family recipe that we used. They, that was a buttermilk pancake, but uh, called for whipping the egg whites and folding them in. This is a recipe I sort of found and tweaked over the years. It's a really fluffy but hearty uh, buttermilk pancake recipe that I cook with my kids on the weekends. Uh, really simple. Um, you want me to go through the recipe? Sure. Yeah, just walk us through it. Yeah, and this is one I have committed to memory among a few different baking recipes like buttermilk biscuits. Like basically, buttermilk is always in my house for two different reasons, whether it's biscuits or a chocolate cake or pancake. Mm-hmm. So you start out with two cups of all-purpose flour. You mix in one and a half teaspoons of baking baking powder, one and a half teaspoons baking soda, a teaspoon of salt, four tablespoons of sugar, uh, whisk that together. Um, In a separate dish, you add in three eggs and two cups of buttermilk, along with about uh, one to two teaspoons of vanilla, however much you you prefer. Some people prefer a little more. You can always add a little orange zest or lemon zest to that if you'd like. Um, uh, Pour that the wet ingredients over the dry ingredients. Um, Before you mix it all in, you melt four tablespoons of butter um, add that in, mix it just until it's combined and still a little lumpy, but no dry spots. And then over a, in a heavy skillet, whether it's cast iron or just a heavier skillet on the stove, medium to medium high, basically just over medium for a few minutes. So it gets fully warmed, uh, add in the pancake batter and cook about 
three minutes on the first side until the bubbles just aren't formed yet. Um, growing up, I always found out that a lot of recipes would say you flip it when the bubbles start to pop. I find that you're losing some of the the lift of it if you wait till they pop. So flipping it right before they they pop, that way when it flips over, that steam is sort of caught and makes them a little lighter and fluffier. Uh, cook them on the other side until uh, just golden brown on the bottom, about 30 seconds to a minute more, and uh, enjoy it with some maple syrup, with some berries, whatever floats your boat, I could say. Wow, that sounds so amazing. And I love that tip about the bubbles because I do make pancakes quite regularly. But <laughs> and I love to hear that because you're right. It creates, they're a little more fluffy like that. Yeah. Amazing. And the buttermilk, which I haven't tried. So I'm definitely going to try this recipe. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, you're so, welcome. Ted, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Where can people find out more information about you, your work, the arena? Uh, they can uh, find out more about me on Instagram at Chef Ted Donnelly um, at Instagram uh, and then come out to the arena, enjoy some delicious food. Uh, we're always happy to host people, um, eat our delicious food. If you have any questions, uh, I'm very available at the game. So if you want a little food tour or find out what what's new, and exciting or or have dietary restrictions, please reach out to me and uh, more than happy to help. That's so exciting. Thank you so much, Ted. I encourage everyone to yeah follow your Instagram and UBS Arena. You can see all the new dishes and look forward to seeing you again soon, I hope. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, friends and fellow food aficionados for joining us today. I'd like to thank my producer, John Iannuzzi, Park City Productions. See you next time for more culture, cuisine, and comfort. 